Hello, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker, and today I have a very exciting guest who I've actually wanted on this podcast ever since I started it. She is somebody who I met back in 2018. I believe it was early summer 2018, the same year that my mom had passed away earlier that same year. And as someone who has low vision and was living by myself, I needed to learn how to travel safely at night and in unfamiliar places. And so I reached out to the Arizona State Rehabilitation folks, and I got paired with this individual who became my orientation and mobility trainer and was awesome. What I've come to realize is that the universe sometimes sends people that we need uh, when we need them, even if we aren't aware of it at the time. And she has certainly been that for me. And so I am very happy to welcome to the show, Tamara Abavila. So welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you. That's great. Quite the introduction. Thank you. That's also truly, it's honestly how I feel. I'm hoping you can, you know, um, tell uh, the audience a little bit about the work you do and uh, how disability has affected your life and what your experience uh, within the disability sector has been. Okay. Well, the part where we met, I, I kind of do do two things. I am a contractor with the state of Arizona providing orientation and mobility services, and I do that part-time, and that's how we met. And then I also is in what's called a teacher of students with visual impairment. So I also work with children, and that's like my full-time job um, where I go to districts, and I, it's called itinerant. And so I go from school to school to school in districts that don't have their own vision teacher, basically. So I kind of work the gamut, I kind of work all ages, really all ages, um, literally from like preschool through, because I also do it for the Older Independent Living Blind program, which is part of the part of the contract. And I must say, I, I am certified to do orientation mobility with children as well, but I much prefer the orientation mobility side with adults. And I do the teacher part where we work on Braille and technology and low vision devices and vision, you know, all, all kinds of things like that with children. And then myself, I was born with the lower part of my left arm missing. And so I have that disability as well. Yeah, so that you do a lot. Um, I wound up working at the same for the same organization that you were working at at the time, I believe, but. You had already left with the Foundation for Blind Children by the time I had started there through the program. Right. I worked there for a long, long time. And now <laughs> I work for uh, Arizona State Social for the Deaf and Blind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. And I, I told I think I told you this briefly, but you are the person who planted the seed in my in my brain to go to the Foundation for Blind Children to begin with. That subsequently led to a lot of things and to a lot of the developments to to get me to where I am now, which is a place I am very happy with and where I feel like I'm in my my zone and, and in the space that I belong. So I owe a great bit of gratitude to you for that. One of the things that we talked about when when we were doing the OM and whatnot is I had gone to therapy and everything like that because I experienced my disability as an adult in 2014. And you had mentioned something to me kind of when we're towards the end of our of our training. And it stuck with me. It had to do with you thought it was a, 
a great thing that I had gone and dealt with the trauma and gone to therapy prior to seeking out like my own M training and trying to get on with my life, so to speak. I'm hoping that you could kind of touch on that, why you feel it was a good idea for an adult, you know, somebody who experiences trauma later in life to take care of the trauma, take care of themselves emotionally through therapy or counseling prior to moving on to the other things like, you know, O&M training and new skills training and, and that kind of stuff. Right. Well, it's it's basically dealing with getting a disability, becoming becoming disabled, you you kind of have to go through all the all the stages of acceptance of that. And I've worked with um people who like jumped in and got we're, we're, I mean, sometimes here it's a real process that it takes quite a while to get the services anyway. This but, is true. I mean, this had, is true. I've had people who've gotten them very quickly. And it's, if you're not ready, I mean, you, you the tr- that type of can help prepare yourself to get further along that road of acceptance where you realize that okay, I do need to, or it would benefit me to learn these skills to help me live my life better versus being in a, it's still in a stage like of denial or anger or things like that. I've had, I've had clients before who they did, they were referred or to me too, too soon. And they just, they couldn't do the training. They, I, I had a client once who, what had so much anger and just just not being ready that like like I, if I told a certain way to go, I remember we were working on a lesson just going from the apartment to the trash, and they literally didn't believe me that I was telling the way to go mm-hmm. just because so many other things. You yeah. know, he wasn't ready yet for that for that for where you get to where okay, I, I, I have this and I need to find strategies to help me cope with it. Yeah. I, I, and help me and help me live my life. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was, you know, that's that's why I sought out, you know, the O&M training is because I needed to be able to go to the grocery store when the sun went down at 4.30, you know, in the winter. <laughs> and so, because yes, yes. it's very limiting when you realize, when you kind of face that 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 reality. But I I, I was ready for it and, I and I was I was like, all right, let's go. And something for O and M for someone like myself who has a little bit of usable vision left. There's an amount of trust that you know someone like myself has to give to you know someone that that you that were because we go blindfolded and we're crossing streets and I had to trust that I was safe, you know. And for yes. somebody who just experienced trauma, that's not going to be an easy thing. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it's I I I agree. I know on my end, you know, as with the the, the career coaching aspect of it, if somebody is has recently experienced disability, I generally won't take them on as a client if they haven't, if they aren't either in therapy or haven't had therapy. And I, you know, in many ways, that's because of uh, of the things that you know what you kind of put that 
that seed in my brain again, where it's like, it's something that they need for them before they can move forward. Otherwise, they could just get, you know, something could happen. And I'm not a therapist, you know, I can't, I'm not there to deal with trauma. I'm there to help people get to get to get into the workforce and to get a job. And right, right. And with and with with vision loss and need and if a person needs to use a cane, there's a whole other I mean, there's a whole other side to that where they have to. I don't know, people, people. Number one, people don't are don't people usually think that you are you either have good vision or you have zero vision. Yeah, they don't realize yeah. that it's a, that's a, it's a spectrum, and there's very few people who have no vision, and so there's a lot of um, stigma about using a cane and their own perceptions that they had before becoming a person with a disability. This is a great place to take a quick break. family's perceptions a lot of people it's very it's it, it can be very hard for them to want to be out there with the cane because the cane lets everyone else know that you with vision loss you can unlike with like with my arm you can't you can hide it in yeah. you know if you have some vision but the cane takes that away yeah absolutely so you've got to be you've got to be able to deal with that yeah yeah you know um I've talked about this with, you know, with a lot of people, whether they use a cane or whether they, they don't, it is even people that are comfortable using a cane, they have had to become okay with the fact that people are probably looking at you and odds are it's because you're the first person they've ever seen with a cane. So there's that natural right. curiosity and something that you know, I had to deal with it. And I've, you know, worked with lots of other people that have had to overcome that that sort of stigma that everyone's looking at me and they're staring at me because I'm different they, they don't nobody wants to feel othered right 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 and so something that's kind of interesting you know you said you know about being able to hide or blend in you know because like with myself most people don't ever assume that I am low vision unless they're seeing me at night where yeah. it, or if they're seeing me in it in, in, in an unfamiliar environment, because then I'm going to be using my cane. I'm going to be using the devices that I have to keep me safe. The interesting thing about it is when, when you and I were working together, <laughs> I had no idea about your disability until probably we were towards the end of when we were working together. <laughs> yes. I had no idea. <laughs> and so um, it just goes to show that's how much stuff, that's how much I miss. Like, I really can't see. Um, Cause I didn't even know. And it was right. very, and, and so it made me kind of, it makes me want, you know, think about, you know, that the seen versus unseen disability that, you know, the invisible disabilities are everywhere, you know, and yes. the yes. stigma that kind of comes associated with disability, it sucks. And yes. Nobody likes it and nobody wants to feel othered or like they can't, uh, that they're incapable of doing something, right? And you mentioned something about how people will do things unnecessarily when like out of, I don't know if it's pity or, oh, well, just let me take care of that for you. Yes, and yes. Um, I hate it. And it, I, it is one way to make me uh, to piss me off real fast is to do something for me that I can do myself if I didn't ask. And 
I'm hoping that you are comfortable, you know, kind of talking about that a little bit and your experience with uh, sort of you yes. being kind of, you know, minimized um, and just kind of people taking on responsibilities that you didn't ask them to, first of all, and that you don't want them to to take on. <laughs> right. Sure. I can. I, sh- I, I shared, I know, an incident that happened to me this summer. That at the time it was like I try I truly try to not th- let things like that piss me off. This one really did though. <laughs> um, at least for that evening, I I went to an event um, with my father. He was he runs a hospice house in Santa Fe, and uh, he was getting he went to this event where there were multiple community um, organizations receiving receiving donations. And when we, we had to go in and sign in and they had name tags and that per, and um, that you wrote out yourself. And so I got a name tag. I had the pen and the person checking in, she like held the tag down on the desk for me and asked me if she could help me. And I said, oh, no, I'm fine. And usually there are people that are then are like, oh, OK, you know, and they and they stop. But no, her. But she she kept her hand there and just said, "Oh well, I already have my hand here." And then it would it would be weird to 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 move it now. And then when I was done writing the tag, she picked up the tag and took off the sticker. Oh, these can be tricky. And so and gave it to me like that. And it was just like, I don't know if you're going to ask someone if they need help, and then you don't even respect their yeah. answer. Yeah, that was what really bothered me. That yeah. part. It would have pissed me off <laughs> that I mean, cause that it's, it's not, it's, it's not just dismissive of your feelings and your wishes, but they also like, I I'm terrible. I I'm terrible at pronouncing the word. It's uh, I can never say the word. Infantilize. Infantilize. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, it's, yes. it's, oh, I, uh, yeah, I suck at saying that word. And I date a, a speech language pathologist. You think I'd be better, but uh, <laughs> I had, I grew up with an aunt who was in a wheelchair, right? So my attitude towards disability has always been affected by that. I never saw people that have disabilities as less than or incapable because I grew up with an aunt who could do anything she wanted. She drove, she, she did all the stuff, right? Yeah. And yes. that was very formative about how I view disability and have always viewed it. It's interesting how so many people <laughs> don't have that perception that it's if you have a disability, you need things done for you. And yes my experience especially with you know people that are that live that are really independent you know uh, I don't want to say people like myself but just in a general sense people that are independent are they don't want things done for themselves they want to be should maybe learn how to do it for themselves but how do you because you know you're human right it's going to piss you off how do you (laughs) um how do you just kind of I guess you know when it happens like last, last summer how do you let it not kind of linger how do you move past that 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 initial like you want to punch them feeling (laughs) oh my gosh that's a tough question um literally i mean i feel like if that if it if it hadn't been the situation that i was in there where it was this event in honor of my dad and everything like that i would have i would have said something to her um about it just so that hopefully it wouldn't happen again um and not in a like really rude accusatory way but i i i would have i would have done that it's a teachable moment 
It's a teachable moment. Yeah. I mean, that I, I feel like that's probably the best way to deal with it. But then you just have to also just let go, you know? I mean, it bothered yeah. me. But then, I mean, you can't hang on to stuff like that. If you do, you're going to be upset all, you know, you're going to be upset yeah. frequently. Yeah. You got to just kind of let it breeze over you. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, living with a disability, there's enough things that are aggravating just on a day-to-day basis, just having to do things either differently or patience is something that I have absolutely learned for sure. Um, (laughs) And I think anyone who has a disability can attest to the requirement of patience. Otherwise you'd lose your mind. Yes. yes, yes. (laughs) And you kind of touched on that a little bit as, as well, you know, just kind of how things take a little bit longer, but you also said something that I really, really, really liked, and that was that you just need to believe in yourself. And I think that is a powerful statement. And 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 also, there's a lot of truth to that. And I'm hoping you kind of expand on what you meant by that. Mm. I feel like you have to, you kind of have to know yourself and what you're capable of. And believe just I mean it is just that belief that you can do it know that you can do it and in some ways if it means that you need to learn the skills to get to that point or to get back to that point then you do that but you basically you love yourself you take care of yourself you do what you need to do so that so that so that that part of your life that becomes, you know, more in the background and you're concentrating more on the rest of your life and what you do and what and your what your goals are and all that kind of stuff. Focus on living. Yes. Yeah. This is a great place to take a quick break. It's it's hard for a lot of people who experience disability as an adult because the experience of you know having people that had you know from from birth or from a very young age where they've had it's been just a part of their life the whole time yes Yes. their lived experience is so different from somebody who like myself who in the middle of their prime years they experience disability and it just derails what they thought their life was going to be and Something that I've noticed is it's very hard for a lot of people to get back, not necessarily back to where they were, but to get just back on any sort of track where they don't feel diminished. And since you work with a lot of adults, what has your experience kind of been in relation to people that have experienced, you know, disability as adults? Well, I feel like a It does partly depend on, and I talked about that a little bit before, but how the person prior to getting the disability, what their, what their view of was, of a disability was and what their family's view of, because the family can play a really big role. I mean, if your, if your children, for instance, don't want to be around outside with you with the cane, they're embarrassed, that can be very difficult. And I've definitely seen that happen with with families before. That's heartbreaking. Yes, it's hard. It is heartbreaking. I mean, 
it's kind of where they have to go through their own process of, of, yeah. of accepting that this is how they're, this is who their, who their family member is now. Yeah. Um, but that's it can true. be discouraging, really discouraging to the person with the disability. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I didn't think about that. Like, cause you know, if somebody has kids and you know, that those, their kids are good, it's a, it's a change for them too. So they they will have their own sort of, you know, process of having to deal with it. Definitely. And a lot of times it's more along the lines of, oh, you don't really need that. You don't really need it, you know, because they, I don't know, they, it doesn't fit with the view that they had of how they're, of yeah. how they are, you know? So there's yeah. a, bu- a bunch of stuff going on, going on there. I feel like, the, I like counseling is great. I feel like, I feel like you bringing that up is great if people are able and able to do that. I do, I do um, try to get a lot of people to do that. If, 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 I, if, um, especially if they have it, or if it's obvious that it would, would help them. And also just talking to them. Sometimes I talk to people about friends that I have who were blind and successful. Like I had um, I, I, you probably, well, we, we saw each other at her memorial, Julie yeah. Rock, who was, yeah. who rested, I mean, she rests in peace, um, was visually impaired and she was an administrator in the adult program at the Foundation for Blind Children. And she always said, you know, you can, even with a disability, you can still do everything. You just, you just are going to have to maybe do it in a different you do it way different yeah you just do yes, it different. you just have to find other ways of doing stuff yep i wholeheartedly agree you know julie it played a big role in in and why i you know chose to go to fbc to for you know to begin with because uh i went to you know i toured the other facilities here in the valley and the other two they wanted you to use you know blinders and to to somebody who has a little bit of vision left after losing most of their sight, I asked, I asked Julie, I was like, well, do you make students wear blinders here when they're going through the program? And she looks at me and she's like, why would we do that? Why would we further <laughs> traumatize you? Why would we take something away from you that isn't going to be helpful when you leave here? And I was like, and that was, I had made up my mind. That's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's so true. It's like, yeah somebody who's already experienced that, why are you going to further traumatize them? Because they're not going to focus on learning. They're not going to focus focus on the things they can. It's going to be, uh, how do I do this with this additional barrier, right? You know, right. and it just makes so much sense, like focus on what somebody can do, not what they can't do. <laughs> right, right. You know, it, 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 it's, it's not rocket science, at least I, not to me, I don't think, you know, to, to empower people to be successful, let them give, empower what they can do, not just aggravate them. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and I feel like you have to listen to the client. I, I, some clients are, I mean, and there is, and you, you yourself did do some blindfold training. Yeah. Blindfold training can be helpful, can definitely be helpful. Some people really do oh, not want to do it, though. It's terrifying. Really do not. It's so. terrifying. But I'm so glad I did it because yeah. it absolutely, it made me, it was like night and day. And it just, you know, you kept telling me, you kept telling me, just trust the cane. 
Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking about it. And I and I think you even mentioned this. Once I started not using my, you know, once I went with the um, blindfold and I couldn't see anything, I my brain wasn't playing tricks on me anymore. And so I did better. And, yeah, you know, yeah. you did you did a tremendous job in terms of, you know, because when I went through the program, they made sure that, you know, whoever had done my O&M training before did a good job. They were like, oh, well, we don't need you. We don't we don't need to work with you. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, who yeah. my, I mean, you know, I'm sure you know who Spencer is. And yes. you know, that way he was my teacher. And he was like, well, she did a great job. I don't have to do nothing with you. We can just talk. <laughs> oh that's great that's great yeah so yeah you did a great job um and you saved the state some money and and, you know billable hours or whatever but (laughs) (laughs) right but you know it it also one of the things that it, it it afforded me is that i could do the things that i had wanted to do on my own, like, and it's not just about like going grocery shopping or something like that. I love to go camping and I love to do things outside. I was able to do that stuff again mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and safely mm-hmm. and not worry. And now like, it's kind of a running joke with my friends and I, cause um, for some reason where I live, the power likes to go out a lot. Um, like it went out the other night for like four, 45 minutes and one, yeah. it went off once at FBC when, when I was working there. And it's funny, it's like when the power goes out, when you're in a room with a bunch of people that are, you know, low vision or blind, we can do, we're just fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. We don't right. need the light. We're good. I can get around just yes. fine. You know, God forbid, a, a, you know, an intruder ever comes into my house at the middle of the night with other women stark. They're in, they're in for a surprise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. so it's, it's just kind of like. You know, it does it suck? Yeah, of course it sucks. Because you know, it, it it who likes to have to do everything different? It's but at the same time, I think when people lean into it, it can become not necessarily a superpower, but it be, can really become an advantage because that problem solving ability and the way that we perceive things and we have to do things and that way we look at things is such an incredible advantage when working on a team or with an organization or um because we add a new perspective that isn't there yeah yeah and i think that that is what you know people anyone with a disability needs to focus on is not the disadvantage and the things that they, they can't do but what they are capable of and what they can do because if you're able to reframe your thinking it really does change a lot of of, of stuff and you know thank you for really planting that seed in my head like why aren't you going for t- <laughs> I don't know if you remember that but I do very very well um you know you said why aren't you and yes yes I remember and I called like the next week to 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 set it all up because I sat and I thought about why aren't I and that you know helped lead me to where I am now which is you know I I truly believe I am in the right space where I belong. And I, you know, I, I really do thank you for giving me that little push that I kind of needed. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Um, and so as we close out, um, do you have any sort of uh, tidbits or nuggets of information that, uh, or, you know, pass wisdom you'd like to pass down to anyone listening? Oh my goodness. 
I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I, I've kind of said it all. I mean, I can, I can end with kind of what we've already said, which is like, really take care of yourself. Know that you can do it. Believe in yourself. Find resources. Use your resources. Surround yourself with positivity, you know, yeah. um, and just know that there's ways to do things. You, you can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I want to thank you for coming on, on the show today. Thank you for the good work that you do. I know it's helped me tremendously. So, and I'm just one person. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Of course. This has been the To Sing My Ability podcast. I'm your host, Ken Meeker. You can find me at vitalitycareercoaching.com. And on LinkedIn, I am Ken Meeker AZ. This has been the Dissing My Ability podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe.